got him. Hello everyone and welcome back to a special presentation of Anime Club After Dark. I'm your host, Sho, and joining me tonight, I have Alex Senpai. Fight, 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 fight. You know, it's funny because there wasn't much of that fight. I know. I was I was so I was so looking forward to more fighting than we saw. Definitely. Um, so we're talking about the eighteenth episode of Vinland Saga. Uh, where Thorkel allegedly fights Thorfinn. Although you get to see like an 18th of it. Yeah, there was a lot of hype from last episode. I was really looking forward for this episode. And I mean, this episode was quite interesting, but I was disappointed that there was not enough Sakuga fighting and there was not enough fighting in general. I, I will no say, died. We'll, 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 well, oh, well, well there was guess, some deaths. It just wasn't any, you know, well, I meant proper of characters. The two, of the two fighting. But then again, it is not confirmed that Thorfinn has survived. So uh, yeah, and the fight technically isn't over by the end, but we'll get to that. Yeah. So uh, one part of the fight was uh, Thorfinn dodging the hatchet, which I believe the fight started on. Is also in the OP, so yeah. it's very iconic. Um, and then Thorfinn saying to himself, "Okay, I can manage this fight because I can see the hatchets moving through the air. My kinetic vision has <laughs> developed so far that I can see them coming." This and isn't I'm even like, my final form. That is so anime. That is, is like it's like breaking the or breaking the illusion. I, Breaking it, my disillusion, it, I, whatever I forgot the phrase, but it's <laughs> it's taking me out of it a little because I'm like, this is so anime. This is like not it's breaking Norwegian. your immersion is the phrase. My sense of disillusion or whatever. <laughs> I know there's something with disillusion, um, but we will move on. Uh, uh, I will say, I will say, um, this a lot of the stuff from the Thorkel fight in the OP makes its way into this episode as we were hoping it did. Um, I still say that that slow motion axe swing is really well done. He looks so different in that axe swing. Like his Who, face. Thorfinn or his, Thorkel? No, the, Thorfinn. Okay. His facial features look so much chunkier. And then He's when a it chunky comes, boy. And then when it comes back, I like how to you just skipped over that. Like fuck you, I'm normal not even animation. He's like more like uh, smooth. So I don't know what what's going on there. Um, I still like it. Yes, it's very nice. Uh, a lot of uh, shots are directly taken from scenes in the episodes, as we as we have been seeing in the last few episodes. Um, I don't want to list them all, but there's been a lot of different scenes that, like, are directly, like, from the OP. So, I mean, honestly, I don't like when anime does that, because then it kind of degrades the quality of the OP. But, I mean... Hey, it works for the OP, though. The OP looks phenomenal. Yeah, but I'm like... I feel like it's a cheap stunt now. It's like, this wasn't an original... (laughs) 
shot made just for the OP. Yeah, this was I, just a cut and paste. I kind of, I kind of see what you mean. It seems lazy on the part of the people that make the OP. I suppose. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't take away from the quality of the OP by any stretch, but I, I definitely see where you're getting at. Yeah. I still like the composition of the OP, so... Yeah, it all fits There's together that. really well. Um, I just... The, the, I still think that that scene where they're... The hatchet... This is really cool looking. Of course, yes. I don't disagree. Um, so while they're having this fight, they, like, take a pause, and Thorkel mentions that Thorfinn's mother, Helga is of noble origin mm. and he's like dun, dun, oh, dun. you want to know more you're gonna have to beat me first of all like, what a fucking tease oh my um more than one way but we learn that thorfinn is descended from nobility mm. which means on his thorfinn mother's side is going to be the king because he <laughs> is the main character so he is the main bitch. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, we also already had foreshadowing for this uh, when Thorfinn first met, not Gratianus. Was it Gratianus? It might have been Gratianus or one of the other Welsh leaders. And the Welsh leader was like, Thorfinn, you're the king. You're the prince, right? Because you look like it. Not Canute. Wah, so wah. <laughs> now we've had two instances of foreshadowing that Thorfinn is going to be the king. No, so he's just not going to be the king. That's no, it's obvious that he's going to be the king. Okay, <clears throat> this is Vinland. Oh no, I was about to say this is Thorfinn saga, not Canute saga, but this is actually Vinland saga. So I was incorrect about that. Um, so while this duel, quote unquote, was going on. We see Askeladd just casually pulling arrows out of his leg, which I found so funny because he was doing it so nonchalantly. Like, he was just, like, peeling potatoes over there. Just like, yeah. oh, let me take this out. Oh, 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 that was a close one. Oh, let me take the splinter out. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn, he almost got him there. I'm like, girl, <laughs> that was... I had a chuckle at that. I mean, yeah, it is kind of funny. By the way... Uh tidbit out there for anyone listening who ever gets pierced by an arrow or gets stabbed by a knife uh don't pull it out it's a really bad idea uh you will do way more damage pulling it out than if you just break it off and take yourself to a doctor and have them surgically remove it or at least get you know to a doctor that can give you clotting agents so that you don't bleed the fuck out it's really a bad like it's one of the worst things you can do if you get stabbed by either an arrow or a dagger or a knife is to pull it out. It's literally the worst thing you can do. We are not medical professionals. Do not take any of our advice. Um, so we cut away from this fight scene and we move to a dream sequence that Canute is having uh, of a Ragnar telling him a whole lot of information don't don't lie he's a force ghost he's a okay is that telling Canute to go to the dagobah system i don't know what you're referencing star but... wars who <laughs> i'm fucking gonna... <laughs> um but i found this somewhat interesting because i interpret whatever ragnar is telling canute to be what canute imagines 
is what Ragnar thinks, not what Ragnar actually thinks, because Ragnar is dead. Um, Thank you so, for perfectly describing what a dream is. Yes, but like to be like to be fair, the way it's formatted makes it seem like we're being given objective. Um, like an information dump. It, may, well, it makes it seem more like a vision than a dream. I guess. I mean, we as viewers learn a lot of things, such as uh, how intimate Ragnar's relationship with Canute is not like that. Not, not like a romantic in intimacy. A fatherly intimacy. Um, so now that we as viewers know how close they were and know that Ragnar truly was a very traditional father figure for Canute in a very personal way, we can see that his death really did affect Canute, um, and we can understand why it affected Canute. I'd also like to point out that, um, that this whole sequence kind of points out that Ragnar being Canute's father figure meant that his own his actual biological father King Swain was pretty absentee throughout most of his life it seems so it makes me wonder why would you so loyally follow him after all of this mm, I guess I mean I feel like I mean I, in a way I can understand because he's you know fulfilling it what he sees as his duty to take the throne after his father dies i get it but god it makes you think it's this truly isn't something canute really wanted i think yeah he actually said those words Wait, so, so are he, you saying he tells ragnar that he'd rather have been ragnar's son than king swain's and that's when he's like crying on his shoulder and everything so, so are you saying that why doesn't Canute just like run away and live not, his own not life? Not run away, just do his own thing. It's like fuck you, Dad. This is mine now. You may still be alive, but this is my throne. Oh well, yeah. I don't think Canute ever really cared about pleasing King Swine. I think he was always just trying to prepare himself for the throne. Yeah. So I think that's pretty consistent. Um. So. Ragnar also says in this dream sequence that he failed raising Canute because he raised him the wrong way, which is like, like, oh, uh, it's like, <laughs> there's so many layers because so Canute thinks Ragnar failed Canute, which means that Canute is losing trust in Ragnar. He's doubting Ragnar, which is exactly what Askeladd wanted. <laughs> See, this is, this is why Askeladd is that four-dimensional chess player. From the cradle and throw it out into the wilderness and watch it scream and thrash and just have hypothermia and that's exactly what's happening <laughs> it's funny that um, you mentioned the, the concept of a cradle because that's actually in the title of this episode out of the cradle so what what does that even refer to is that referred to canute i guess that must refer to canute yeah I'm, I, I'm, I would have to assume it's referring to canute because he's like and, and it happens in this dream sequence that he's kind of shedding off his 
innocence and like his, um, I don't know what you'd call it, his uh, ignorance of the world and looking at the bigger picture. It's not all, It's not really about what he wants for himself. It's about what's best for the people around him. You could interpret it that way. Um, also, I wrote something else down here. Oh, apparently the way Ragnar raised Canute was not how the king wanted Ragnar to raise Canute, which... If, okay, I'm not taking this at face value. This is just what, like, Canute believes to be the truth. So I translate that to mean that Canute doesn't like King Swine. That's all. Which well, we already knew. Who can, who can blame him? <laughs> but that's a very roundabout way of showing that. I may be looking too deep into this, but this is this is a very complicated sequence of events that's going on in this dream state. And, you know, Canute is having a, a, a very hard time trying to organize his own thoughts. And honestly, I don't want to organize them for him. So we'll just leave that as it is. Well, and it's also uh, worth mentioning that at, it, still at this time, Canute is still mourning the laws of Ragnar. So it kind of makes sense that he would have a vision of Ragnar telling him all this. Yep, that is true. And Ragnar even mentions in this in this vision slash dream, whatever you want to call it, that um, that some people can only grow through death or through the death of those around them. That is true. I feel like he's just repeating what Asklad said, though. Uh, true. And that could be why Canute is doing that. But it, it's also Canute coming to that realization that he can't rely on other people, that sometimes he's just got to take life by the bootstraps and pull him up. Maybe. Um, so when this dream state ends, uh, Canute is greeted to reality where, uh, what's his name? Are you talking about the priest? Not the priest. Oh, um, Bjorn. Okay. I was just, I I was wondering like who you're talking about because I, I, it's like, Uh, I know the priest starts talking. I don't want to be racist by saying some random Nordic name. Okay. Bjorn. Bjorn. I was going to say Bjorn, but that sounds like a random Nordic name. Okay, so Bjorn was just like rampaging through these people. And then the priest on the side is just calmly explaining the situation to Knut. And I found that so hilarious how calm the priest is while Bjorn is just going ham on these He's constantly drunk. He should be calm. I mean... A lot. I mean, most drunk people are quite uh, far from calm. But uh, true. But I mean, if you drink all it. the time, you just it becomes like a, I don't know, a numbing agent. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, oh. I thought that was kind of funny. Just the, how very calmly he was like looking at it. it's like those people are fighting to the death over you. Sip. <laughs> all for you. I also like how he says that in like this really monotone way, but also just the way he looks at them. It's like almost romantic, but not quite. Uh, Of course, this priest is obsessed with the concept of love, so. I don't think you're on his level, Alex. (laughs) You can't understand his passion, his ardor. Um, So that's pretty much like, the 
it for that scene. We cut back to Thorkel and Thor Finn. Finn. So many Thors fighting uh, for a brief moment um, where Thorkel asks Thor Finn, <laughs> what does it mean to be a true Too warrior? Too many goddamn Thors in this goddamn show. <laughs> yeah. And that question brings back um, Thor's statement that a true warrior needs no sword. I believe mm. that's the statement that it was. Uh, more back. or less, yeah. He said, "I think, I think, a true warrior needs no weapons." But yeah, sure. Um, which made Thorfinn very angry. Um, but as viewers, we are seeing this question be repeated. Like, well, not like literally repeated but this concept is repeated so clearly this idea is going to be central to the overarching plot even though we are at episode 18 um i fully expect this to keep going because the i mean the pace at which this is going the full story is not going to be finished well, I mean, even the manga isn't finished, so we know it's not going to be a complete adaptation. So. That's true. Plus, it's a saga. It has to go for at least 100 episodes. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so this is going to be a question that the story is eventually going to have to answer. Mm. Um, it's, I, and... I, if I could just jump in here, it, it's mm-hmm. worth noting that this, this question doesn't necessarily have to have one single answer either. Yeah, some people can use hatchets. Some people can use daggers. Some people can use mushrooms. You know, you, there's so many different ways to be a warrior. <laughs> some people use mushrooms a little too much. I mean, to each their own. <laughs> yeah, it, it's sort of the central plot of, or I won't say the central plot, but it's sort of the central theme of um, this anime in the story so far is you you see all these people fighting for different things and fighting for very different reasons and you just all these different people that are fighting for these different reasons have a very different meaning of what it is to be a warrior i mean i feel like the for the most part these people are fighting for dumb reasons bar i think Asklad is the only one that has like a decent reason to fight and everybody else is just being an idiot <laughs> so just um, being well barbaric yeah, so maybe they need to wake up and actually think about what they're doing. <laughs> but um, hopefully they can find an answer to this question eventually. Uh, but I found it quite poignant that immediately after Thorkill asks this question, we cut to Canute uh, questioning what the meaning of love is. While talking to the priest. What a perfect person to ask. <laughs> LOL. Well, we know the priest has um, a fixation on defining love. So Yes. I mean, there was that whole like half an episode about the conversation about what love is. Yeah. Which and when, was so when out he of finds nowhere. out about Thor's and he's like, I gotta know more about this person who died for what he believed in. Literally, it was out of nowhere when that came up. I was like, that took up so much time. But now that's coming back, and it kind of is relevant to the plot because we are correlating the conversation about the meaning of love to 
uh, Ragnar's feelings for Canute as a father, which is very pivotal to the character arc of Canute, which is a, who is a very pivotal character to the overall plot. So we're all connecting all these dots together. It's great. Um, Becoming like one of those conspiracy theory maps that you see. Oh my god. Sure. Um, Some interesting ideas brought up in this conversation part two about what love is. (laughs) Um, Apparently the priest says that true love comes in death because... um, you're not offending anyone. You're being politically correct by doing nothing. Uh, which is very radical. I don't know. That feels very... I don't know. I can see where it correlates to Christian ideology. Because like you die and repent for your sins. But it also seems very over the top. So... Okay, well, sure. I mean, it's it's a very Catholic idea um, that you achieve a certain purity through death. As, well, especially your soul achieves a certain purity through death. Um, it's sort of represented in the idea of Jesus dying for the sins of mankind, um, God giving up his son to repent for the sins of mankind. Uh, it, it's, it's a very Catholic idea that uh, you can achieve he uses love but i mean the catholic idea would be purity through death yeah but like the whole idea about the skeleton not complaining about giving his <laughs> organs to the to the to animals the and the insects the plants i think that's like over and beyond uh, yeah i think i think he may be looking slightly more into it than maybe the the like contemporary or even you know the old school christian theology would state you need to look into it but yeah i I think he's just taking that kind of idea to a very very niche extreme yes and then he describes what ragnar feels for knut as discrimination which i can see as a logical leap of you know, ideas, because um, if you spend your time and energy benefiting one person, you know, that's an opportunity cost. You missed out on benefiting another person. So by definition, you by helping someone, you are hurting another person. That's like very basic ethics. Um, and I can see where he's coming from. And I find that very interesting and thought-provoking it's obviously like full of like you can't base your whole philosophy around that because then you can't actually physically do good things because you're always going to be hurting someone but it's an interesting idea i thought yeah um so in modern times we think of the word discrimination as being a very negative thing but if you think about it, there are some things where it's a very good thing to discriminate. Like affection for someone is a form of discrimination because you're treating them in a way that's different than other people because you feel this affection towards them. So it's like he's basically describing this concept of positive discrimination. Yes, I feel like the modern usage of the word discrimination is a different usage than what this translator is using to describe 
what he's saying in this moment. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, we think of discrimination as a very negative concept, but it at its root, like meaning discrimination basically means just treating one thing or person differently than another. Yes. Yeah, so that's the word. That is the meaning of the word. Yeah. He, I mean, the, 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 the concept the priest, has the priest own... is using a very literal definition of the word discrimination. He's not using any kind of negative or positive connotation to it. Yes. So is a, he's not using it in a political way. He's using it in the way that a philosophical word, way. Well, just it as a word with no political yeah. attachments. Yeah. Um, which also, and then. This conversation leads to Canute uh, claiming that um, all these various inanimate objects are the embodiment of love, like the snow and the mountains and the wind and the trees. And I'm like, all all of the sure. things that all of the things that he lists are things that give more than they take. Did you notice that? No. Yeah. All the thing that's basically he isn't saying that all inanimate objects are love. At least that's not what I gathered from it. He's saying that that all the things that show love are things or people, uh, if you want to take the idea to a more human element, um, are things or people that give more than they take. Do you care to explain? Uh, th- well, think about it. Like, what does what does a tree do throughout its entire life? Takes up place where i would like to sit down <laughs> no it blocks takes... out the sun where am i getting my vitamin d <laughs> it takes in carbon dioxide and releases oxygen what if and i it re- wanted that carbon dioxide and it releases, who gave it, it permission it releases more oxygen than the carbon dioxide it takes in i mean yes that is one good thing but there's a lot of different things that it does that are not necessarily good uh, I mean, good is subjective, um, but how is snow like giving more than it's taking? It makes scenery look beautiful. <sighs> okay, I don't know. I just that's what I, I gathered from it. Like, not that say that all inanimate objects are a representation of love. It's just things that give more than they take. Well, I interpreted it as anything that doesn't have free will is love because it doesn't have the capability of hurting anyone because it doesn't have that functionality. Um, but yeah. your interpretation, if you want, I that sounds very complicated to prove, but you can... <laughs> if it's I know, valid I just, for I, you, that's I think, fine. I think, I think <laughs> your, idea, your idea is... is I, I would say it's, it's equally valid, but I it's so negative... Like yeah, this is a negative conversation. <laughs> it just—it seems <laughs> if, so okay. Hopeless. Look at the priest; he's in a negative mindset. Everything he's spouting is going to be negative. Um, but I'm glad you have an optimistic look. I'm on trying life. to look at it the most optimistic way possible. Uh-huh. Um. So we end this conversation by basically—I mean, there's this whole spiel that Canute does about salvation and blah blah blah. What I took from it is that he's like, I reject God, I reject a divine imperative, I reject like any moral obligation because it's impossible to please you. So why even try? Which means I'm just gonna do whatever the fuck I want to do. So. 
that's what he does. And he goes, he takes a complete 180. Like, he just got possessed by the spirits of all of the past leaders of Denmark. Which is exactly what Askeladd believed would happen by killing Ragnar. So apparently, Askeladd's gamble turned out to be winner winner chicken dinner i don't know if 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 you want to be realistic pulling that arrow out kind of ruined his fucking chances of surviving to see the end of it oh honey it was ruined as soon as the arrow went in so you can't really true can't really get worse than that um so i mean after canute gets possessed by his leader-like personality or whatever um, he makes like all these weird expressions. <laughs> he makes some really, really detailed, uh, dis- uh, expressions that were a little comical for me. Like he made this frowny face, which like I kind of just want to use that as a reaction face because that was something. I kind of did um, too when I saw that. I was like, mm-hmm, I got you. Hashtag mood. Um, By the way, just just for reference, that's what you look like all the time. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> that face was kind of cute, so I'll take that as a compliment. Um, but we end the episode on Canute declaring with a fling of his cape. <laughs> that totally <laughs> isn't is gay. also hilarious. Okay, sure, but I mean, this is hilariously camp. Um, he declares that... It is a king's duty to give his vassals' lives meaning. So you gonna do what I say, because you ain't got nothing better to do. And I'm like, well, that's one way to live your life, I guess. Um, I'm very interested in seeing how Canute is going to interact with the situation in his new form. (laughs) Uh, I feel like he is going to make everyone his bitch, and I am ready to see them all collared. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Yeah, I'm very interested in seeing how Canute handles. Are this, we not uh, going to talk about how this episode ends with Thorfinn going, becoming the first human being to fly? That was actually hilarious because, like. <laughs> there was just this moment where he paused and he's like on the same. Uh, atmosphere or what what level it's not not longitude not latitude altitude altitude he's on the same you know altitude. words <laughs> he's on the same altitude as uh the birds which mm. i found so like over the top and <laughs> i also find the fact that it's this- just so funny because his expression was so legitimately surprised but the situation was so over the top that which is again very anime. This the whole fight itself was pretty anime. Um, yes. I also like the fact that all the people, like all of Thorkill's people, that have formed a ring around watching the fight, are like looking around, like where the hell is Thorfinn? Where the hell is Thorfinn? Askeladd's the only person looking up. Like, bitch, I knew this was gonna happen. <laughs> well, Askeladd has a lot of experience with this brat. <laughs> I just said when I saw that happen, my immediate thought was like, "I believe I can fly." Oh God! And on that's that pretty much note, how it ends, though. That's that's pretty much how the episode ends. So what the hell is gonna happen? I mean, he falls down. He's in the trees. What what happens now? 
He's dead. <laughs> I mean, well, if this he's dead, duel this... has to end in blood. Someone's going to have to die. Okay. Well, he does. He does. He does strike Thor- Thorkel a few times before he gets thrown in the air. So, okay. Obviously, he's not dead. But <laughs> so, let's see. I can't. I can't imagine that by the end of this fight, both of these men are going to be walking away from it alive. They clearly are. I think the fight is over, even though I don't want it to be. Yes, I did yawn. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm boring you. No, this fight is boring me. (laughs) I will say that's that's the one thing I was really hoping that number one that we'd see more of this actual fight because, as you say, we were I was looking forward to some fucking awesome Sakuga bullshit, but no, we didn't. I mean, we got to see some of it, which was nice, but it wasn't anywhere near as hyped up as it was as we were led to believe it would be from the you know the last couple of episodes. From the fucking OP that's been hyping us up this entire core. But apparently it was a tease. Plot twist. Uh, fucking Canute appears in the fight, stabs Thorkel in the back, and kills him. No. <laughs> Canute is just going to like touch everyone's face, and then they're just going to faint and like fall to the floor. And then Canute <laughs> is going to become the... Uh, I was going to say modern day, but whatever. He's going to become the ancient day jesus and oh, just geez. whatever he touches it's going to turn to ash i have no idea i, but I think it's i think you need to just quit while you're ahead <laughs> what is jesus who is jesus what does he do well if you ask kanye okay. west jesus is king oh and on that note thank you all out there for dropping in to listen to us we hope you enjoyed it because we sure enjoyed bringing it to you if you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can join us on Discord, Facebook, Twitter, and our website. Shoot us an email if you have any questions or if you have any ideas for topics you'd like us to talk about in the future. Links to all these things are down below in the description. I've been your host, show, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, Alex. I believe I can fly. <laughs> I believe I can touch the sky. Uh, you poor, poor boy. <sighs>